1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. This is the Sunday Edge. My name is Todd, and I'm very excited. I have an in-studio guest. His name is J. Todd Anderson, and he's from Kettering. Now, Actually, it's a oh. Washington Township. Oh, you're Washington Utah, Ta- Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, J. Todd <laughs> is here for a very special reason. Um, he's not only a, uh, an artist and a uh, performer and an actor and a director, uh, and works in the movie business. Um, but he has a, uh, a a great relationship with the Cohen brothers. And he does their storyboard sketches. And you've been doing this now for a couple, couple decades. Well, you know. Raising Arizona was the first picture that I drew for the brothers. Um, and that was when I was right out of uh, Wright State. I had worked on a couple made-for-TV movies as, like, you know, dumbhead artist on the set and you know but um i had kind of cut my teeth making movies at wright state and i had made one movie that made a lot of money for me in college at that time which is in the middle middle 80s that movie i uh, didn't you know pay for some of the bills in college and i storyboarded that movie i had looked up how to storyboard and i've always known how to draw a little bit and okay. uh, when i made a little super eight movie and i storyboarded it I could just take that movie anywhere I wanted and make 350 bucks at any film festival. And it was very enticing because, um, it, you know, I made a little movie that made money. And, right. um, and then when I, uh, when I got out of Wright State, I went west, worked on a couple made for two movies, as I said. And then I uh, met the Coen brothers on Raising Arizona. And the rest, and, you know, things weren't too much different until they released that movie. And then my life changed quite a bit because... We had a hit movie on our hands, yeah. and I had drawn it. You know, as I was, you know, just a guy that got paid. Now, and, how um, did you? How did you? Uh, I mean, you met them, but how did you get the gig? I, I think there's a story. There is a long it. story, yeah. and if you buy my book, you'll see Ethan's version of the story okay. in the back. In the afterward, he was supposed to write about the Big Lebowski, but he didn't. He wrote about me, you know, and uh, uh, it's it's kind of in there on how it happened, right? And it's most of that's true. It's just you know. He's much older than I am, so he forgets things faster than I do. Right, yep. right. So, I mean, I, I of course, uh, in preparing for this, you know, I pulled, I went to uh, Internet Movie Database, and I pulled all the films that you've worked on, yes. or at least the yes, ones sir. that they have listed. Um, now, I got to stop right yeah. there, Todd. Okay. I got to tell you this. Okay. You know, I love your Facebook post. Oh, well, thank you. And, man, you. I'm telling you, Todd carries on like a radio personality. Well, thank you. This is what makes Todd a very special um, item in the, in the Miami Valley because the man is a radio guy. <laughs> he's a purebred radio guy. Well, and, I appreciate that. And you've got to look up that picture where he's smoking a pipe and he's got like a smoking coat on. This is a really cool picture. Uh, and i got to yeah. tell you, I am so thrilled to be here <laughs> because, you know, Todd is a radio guy. Well, you know? I, J. Todd, I... I appreciate that. I mean, that means a lot coming from I you. I was so excited when you asked me to do this. You know, I was ready to just tear out of the house and come right down here. You know, we had set up an appointment. Right, right, time. right. But I, but I, I really do appreciate that. And I, uh, and I've enjoyed your work over the years. Hey, you know, yeah. it's not bragging if you can do it, Todd. You know, that's, that's exact, what Muhammad that's Ali true. used to say. That's I think right. it is, that's paraphrase. You know, it, it isn't bragging if you can back it up. I think that's actually what he said, but. It really is true. You, it, it's not bragging if you can do it, and you do it, man. You Th- do it. Thank you. Well, let's let's talk about somebody who can do it and and walk the walk is yourself and your process on this. So I, I'm I'm always been curious 
I, I understand the idea of a, of a storyboard. I've used storyboards in some projects that I've done in the past in television. I don't have any artistic uh, That'd be ability. pretty cool to make a storyboard <laughs> for a radio show. That would be, yeah, it would you be know? interesting. But I, my, a lot of my storyboards were like stick figures. You know, That's like, okay. I own, every way, director I've ever worked with, I've told them, yeah, <laughs> give me anything. A right. handprint, a fingerprint, a little turkey, you know, or you draw around your hand or anything. Because... Uh, you know, a visual image always trumps a word, always. Right. And in the movie business, we're all about going to picture. And mm. the way the brothers do it, as they've done it ever since the beginning, we take that big intermediary in an intermediary step between um, a script, which is um, an intelligent version of what you're saying, right? Because it's written down and everybody understands that. But we move it into the realm of a visual element, which is existential meaning the movie exists now. Right. It's on paper, but it still exists. By the time we get to camera, most of the visual problems, and that's what most people don't understand, is that although I can draw, and I draw for them, you know, for a lot of money, I might add, um, <laughs> I solve visual problems. That's what they hire me to do, is okay. to figure out how to make this visual work. And by the time people see a visual image of this, it becomes a, very, a lot more easy. Oh, so that's what you want. You hear a lot of that, you right. know. But as long as I can draw it, um, then the movie, you know, when you get this book, if you go to the Yellow Cab on, um, I think it's the 5th. It's, it's uh, Wednesday night, yeah. You'll see these books uh, of the Big Lebowski. Now, when you when you when if you purchase one of these books, you'll see exactly how we do it. It's just not as nice as this book. It's usually done by a local printer, you know, right. a photostatic printer. And then we bind them all up so everybody can look. But if you look at this book and you see how we lay it out, it goes from left to right. And every shot and every setup right. is, is annotated and, and marked as, as a storyboard shot. The shots match the picture. And you can go through this whole, whole book and you can watch a movie and you'll see an incredible similarity to the movie. Now, remember, when you look at this book, this is long before we shot the movie, maybe six weeks before, yeah. when we were still trying to figure out things. And a lot of the problems would bubble to the surface, you know, in the storyboards. And that's, you know, after two or three passes, and it's really hard to explain, it seems like a lot of work, but the very first pass is the hardest. Sure. It takes the longest. So in, in, that, in that moment, I mean, are you sitting down with the directors and saying, what is it that you, you know, how do you see this? Or or do they give you a, you know, a stick figure sketch all those or something are, like all that? Those. Or, it happens in different, you know. So it could just be a conversation that you have. And, mm -hmm. and they say, well, we've got this idea. For example, Lebowski, we've got this idea. It's a bowling lane. Uh, you're behind the pins. You're looking back, you yep. know. And, yep. and uh, you know, there's some shading on this side. It's dark. It's glowing or whatever. Sure. And they, they express they that express to you that verbally, to and then yes. you take that, you make those notes. And I draw right in front of them. Okay. With a very linear, thin, because we have to do a, a lot of work in like an hour or two hours. Sure. We get through about, you know, 23 setups in a day, and then I bring those back. All I do is, because we've worked so long, we don't have to talk much. Um, they look at me and they explain something, and uh, Sometimes they have told me about these movies long before they've even gotten around to doing them, you know? Okay. Like The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which is coming out. I just Some saw of that stuff Netflix. was, they were awesome. talking about, you know, one of those little pictures. 25 years ago, we were talking about it at lunch, and they were explaining to me that they were drawing it and writing it. Wow. And, uh, you know, Ethan will make little stick figures sometimes. But all of those things you said is true. Yeah. All of those 
and, and in fact, there's probably a handful of other uh, things that happened during that period. Um, but the, um, the most important thing is to give us a visual reference of what's going to happen in that movie. Now, my guess is, and I'm crossing my fingers here to all of you who are listening, that when you go through this book, you will recognize this movie. Oh, yeah. Because that is my objective, to get the movie, get the drawings as close to the movie as possible, you know? That's yeah, what I, I try mean, to do. Looking at this, and, and this, it's just amazing. It's it's a couple hundred pages, and it goes through, you know, scene, like here's one, you know, scene 74, set up 13. Uh, you know, uh, Walter is uh, getting tackled by Yuli, you know, and it's like I, I remember these scenes, and, and that's exactly, it's just, it's remarkable. I guess, you know, when you go to the theater, and you watch one of these films, you just don't even think about... Well, most films you know. don't do what we do. Okay. Um, I can tell you, the Coen brothers are very different, and I've worked for plenty of other directors. They're, even though when people try to imitate our process, and I'll do the best to help them, it's not quite the way the guys do it. Okay. The guys are handmade filmmakers, and um, when they make a movie, it's theirs. They not only write it, they shoot it, they edit it. Um, and, you know, because we storyboard it, yeah. people constantly say to me, they say, wow, those movie, movies, they look so different. They said, well, I said, we handle all the visuals before we shoot the movie. So when they go out, they know where to put the camera instantly because they, all they have to do is look at the drawing. Yeah. And um, we get a lot done in a short amount of time because we try to solve every conceivable problem in the drawings. And then you rest, you got to deal with weather, um, you know, people, right. Um, you know, sudden accidents, you never know. Uh, but you can solve the majority of your visual problems in a small room with a lot of organization and a good old fashioned shop. List, so you know? when you, when you, uh, when you put this together and you've got, uh, some scenes completed and they are going to shoot it, uh, are you there on set if there's, you know, an issue that comes up or maybe something something occurs that uh, they hadn't foreseen or, or you know what I mean? Or yeah, that's is it happened a few times. I've gotten phone calls and, you know, I draw them right over the phone because I know what the guys, those guys want. And sometimes I'm still there and I'll come out like on this movie. I was there. I was on the set quite a bit okay. and I did a few things on the set for them. Um, and plus, I hung out because. Um, we had a lot of time to hang out on that show. And, you know, one of the reasons those drawings are a little bit better than more, most of my other ones because I had a little bit more time to do them. And I remember sitting down and, um, and, and, going, and going over them a lot to make them look a little nicer because right. this book is the first time I ever used a brush with ink and pencil. And um, the guys at Disney showed me how they did it with pencil and ink and on Men in Black when I did that movie. And uh, I thought, oh, because... I never really thought about, you know, when you copy stuff. When I started on Raising Arizona, the copying machine wasn't, weren't very good. Right. So you had to bounce up the black and... Yeah. And then I noticed, like what they were saying, the guys on Men in Black, then some of the concept guys who were really sensational, um, they said, well, you'll get a black line out of a pencil every time. And before then, I was using Rapidiograph pens and stuff on Fargo and whatever was next in line. Um, but I kind of copied their technique and, um, I can't tell you how many drawings were destroyed cause I spilt the ink, you know, Oh no, <laughs> good old fashioned right. ink bottle spill. Yeah. But I still look at these drawings and I think 
And you'll see the replacements in there. My style has come a little bit further because I had to replace some drawings in there because of theft. And I explained that in the beginning. Sure. There's about a handful, maybe five drawings that, that I couldn't find or else I just added. And there's a little post-it telling you. It'll warn you. Sure. But I look at that and I think, um, you know, everybody's digital now. And occasionally I do digital, but everybody asks for this. They want pencil and ink. Yeah. So. Well, you, you say that you were on the set. What are your memories of that set because and 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 the next question would be uh why do you think that this movie has resonated the way it has over I the last don't think about that decades? at all yeah oh i'm just i'm just you know fondly surprised that it's happened because it didn't make much money when it came out mm -hmm. i remember you know uh when it came out the guys weren't real happy with how it was you know came out because it didn't make much money right but it, organically it's grown um, and you look at those people in LA and I hang out in LA quite a bit working, um, boy, they're just kind of hit it on the mark. You know, all those boys in the movie, they behave like LA people, yeah. you know, they yeah. really do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I see these guys sitting around looking at these guys now and I'm thinking, is the culture just kind of evolved in a natural way or they've kind of watched this movie too much you know right that's right that's right i've wondered <laughs> culture because, gets the art it deserves buddy yeah, let me tell you I, I mean i have so many friends who uh who who love this film it's like in their top three or four and uh and i i enjoy it as well i don't i see i see the greatness of it but i i don't understand the obsession Neither do I, you know? but if you buy my book, man, I can tell you all about it because right? <laughs> I had a wonderful time on the movie. I had a, it was just a fabulous experience. I was living in LA at that time right. and, um, you know, okay, we're going to do another Coen brother movie. It's going to be interesting and fun. And that's the way it worked right from the very beginning. Every time we sat down, we had a great job. We got, a, had a great meeting, you know, almost every time. And I remember a lot of our meetings and where we came, you know, where the guys came up with the stuff and I try to get it as close as possible as they usually do. And, uh, cause that's my job is to get it exactly the way what they want it. And, um, on that movie, you know, most everybody was cast, you know, and I explained that in the beginning, but there were a few people that didn't get cast. Like the big Lebowski himself was who, who was eventually played by that incredible guy and been on millions of movies, you know, but at that time, there were so many people coming up the steps to be interviewed as the big Lebowski. I tried to encourage them to use Bob Dole, but they would not listen to me. <laughs> you're finished, big Lebowski, you're yeah. done, you know? Yeah. But um, some of the people I met, Brian Keith, um, Darren McGavin, um, oh my goodness, it was incredible. Uh, Rod Steiger, all these people came in to read, and my office is right beside casting and their office as usual. Right, right. And they would come in and sit, pack a lunch and talk to me while I was drawing, you know? It was sensational. Jeff Bridges would come in and mm -hmm. what do you think, Jay Todd? And this is, you know, hey, you look like the Lebowski to me, dude. I mean, you right. look like the dude to me. And um when we shot it, it was at a bowling alley. We owned the bowling alley, it's Hollywood Star Wings, which is gone. Don't try and go and find it because it's gone. And uh and Ricky Heinrich was the designer and he made it look F eighty six cool, man. Yeah. It was that fifties. I call it F86 because it was postmodern, and he put... Those he, are the best-looking bowling alleys. Well, he yeah. made it look better than any bowling alley right. I've ever seen. Yeah. And they kept that decor until they bulldozed it down, you know? Yeah. Um, but it it was just a wonderful experience. I mean, 
we got bowling shoes. I think I signed a million bowling balls out there for people and drew the dude on them. And uh, we got to bowl until my arm was sore. You know. Oh wow! I never got I didn't over two hundred. You know. I uh, didn't think about that. I should have brought a bowling ball in for you to <laughs> can still be done. I live in Dayton. You know, I live in the Dayton area. Right. So, right. Um, that is crazy. Now you mentioned, of course, Jeff Bridges. Uh, you've worked with him a, a number of times. A couple times. Yeah. Yes. And now True Grit. Yes. One of my one of my favorite westerns. They redid it. I thought they they did a great job with I it. I thought they did too. So, what was that experience like? Same kind of deal, or how? I didn't spend much time on the set of True Grit. Um, it was just we were out there in uh, Santa Fe, and they were spaced out. Um, you know, occasionally I'll come and visit for a while, but you know, my job is done, and I'm just in the way. Right. There's no reason for me to be there if I'm not doing anything sure. or acting. Well, when I get to act, yeah. then I got a job. Right. And so it's a whole different set of um, playing cards then. And, um, you know, I haven't acted in too many of their movies. Just one with a couple mentions, honorable mentions. You um, were in Fargo. Yeah. That was, yeah. But I, I just get mentioned a lot. And yeah. I am I still in there? Like, in True Grit, they, uh, they said, you know... Uh, alias john todd anderson which i right. thought was pretty funny people yeah. tell me this and i can't even remember it sometime <laughs> um but when i do act on a set then i'm there for work you know yeah. um it's a serious deal you know i want to do the best job i can sure. um and one of the reasons i'm there as an actor is because i passed the audition as an artist you know and then sure. they get the idea to make me an actor right and um and there's been some, some very nice projects that i've been on through the years well you just did the one a uh, year or two ago it was just released this year the old man and the gun yes i did that with robert redford okay has a wonderful crew of people yeah great movie i might add yeah redford shows you how to do it his eye lines are perfect him and sissy scorched earth yeah. those two are incredible actors man yeah. they just came through there and just took no names and, you know, Redford, just don't try this at home, folks. Look yeah. at Redford go. Yeah, you know? I, I heard him on a, an interview, an NPR interview not long ago. And uh, just the, of course, the wealth of knowledge and the ability, but uh, just a true icon and uh, innovator. I mean. Well, just, he's a really technical actor, man, yeah. um, from what I've heard. The director is really a great guy, too. They were all incredibly nice people on that show yeah they showed you how to make a small movie and do it with professional right right acumen, you know so this book you're doing a uh, a book signing on wednesday yes i am at the yellow cab tavern yes and uh what are some of the festivities uh, i know what they are but i thought you'd tell the oh they're showing the when, movie yeah. you know and um and then they white russians are the hottest commodity and then oh, i'll yeah. do some a little bit of question and an answer on this, um, you know, and then I'll sign some books. You know, really you cool. buy it there, I'll sign it, and yeah. I'll put anything you want in it. And, you and can, I'll sign it with a brush pen. There you go. And you can also buy it online, right? Oh, yeah. You go straight to storyboardsbyjtodanderson.com. I know that's long, but it's the easiest way to get there. Storyboardsbyjtodanderson.com. I'll put the link up. And uh, you go right there, and we'll... You know, Cart Kersey Publishing, we'll, we'll pack these books up and get them out to you. You're doing it all local, right? You're doing it yourself. It's right out of Washington Township. Awesome. Yep. I am self-publishing because I didn't get a deal that I, you know, there was a number of deals that were presented to me in making this book. Um, one of the questions I got quite a few times was, we've never heard about, we've never heard of anything like this book. And there has been a few books like this. But to have the publisher say, you know, we don't know anything about this. We it's, it's such a high risk, we don't know if it will sell. 
And uh, that's what I got most of the time. Right. And then the rest of it was money. And I yeah. just thought, I know how this format works mm-hmm. because I've done it for years and years. I've, right. We've tested it on every crew member. And these books are so popular when we just, you know, uh, do them at the local, you know, copy right. place. On the set, they're so popular. Yeah. But they function. And, you know, as my background, you know, when I did Filmically Perfect, we were there to educate you about motion pictures. So when you get this book, part of it is an education on sure. how we make movies. This yeah. is how we've done it. Yeah. So the publishers that I talked to, they didn't really understand that, and I can't blame them. So I thought, okay, well, I'll just I'll just bite the bullet here and take one from the home team and try it. I guess, but you know, it, it this, like I said earlier, people are so obsessed with this movie, and you've done many great films that you've worked on and i mean i've got the list here and you can find them um movies that you would recognize blockbusters i mean just the 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 multitude of films that you've done but there's something about this film and this these characters and and i get what you're saying you don't quite get it i don't get it i'm sorry i understand but (laughs) but there's something about it you know and i'm all for it i mean that means we got something Right. You know, the money's all gone from that picture. We didn't make much money, you know, and yeah. I'm not going to say that that was bad, but I can tell you this, um, people are still talking about it. Yeah. And I really appreciate that when they yeah. come up and talk about it, regardless of the fact that I'm a little dull here and I don't understand. Uh, I can also tell you before I forget is that cover that's on the book is the initial cover was the drawing that I did for the storyboard back then. And it never made it to the storyboards when we were doing it. And I drew that drawing a long time before. And there's a kid here in uh, in Dayton. Her name is Lilith Kelly. Not really a kid. You know, she's grown up. Um, she's still very young. Um, but she did the cover on that. She did the colorizing oh, wow. and everything. Lilith Kelly, right out of here, right out of this town here. Yeah. Sensational illustrator and colorist. She did all the design work on the front cover. That is beautiful. You know, when we got the rug to put back there, she adjusted that and all the stuff on the back, she colorized all that. Um, in the old days, I think the guys still ask for it. Every movie, they want one color frame out of it, you know? Yeah. And it's in there. You'll see it. But we colorized the back frames. Just i just trying to be a show-off. You no, know, I that's, gotcha. That's what they pay me to do is show-off. So, And you're um, you're going to uh, Lebowski Fest here. Yes, I'm going to Lebowski Fest, and they want me to sign sell books. So. And and you said before the interview, we were a little surprised to hear you've never been. Oh, goodness gracious, no. I run into these characters all the time <laughs> when they're dressed up, and I don't even know who they're dressed up like. You right, know? right. Um, most of the time, what I get, and I don't, I don't get it so much anymore. It's been a while. It's been 20 years. Um, is I used to get people come up and say, I am the real Walter. This is, and they kind of know the brother somehow. Right. And they'll say, uh, I'm the real Lebowski. Um, I am the real Donnie. Um, you know what I mean? They'll tell me that they patterned this guy after me. I right. said, oh, really? Yeah. Well, tell me about it, you yeah. know? And, and it's, uh, and some of it, there's moving. always little fragments of truth. Right, in there. right. After it's a few like, minutes, you start moving towards the exit. Thanks for your time. Got to go, right? Yeah. <laughs> I just can't, you know, it's like having a really nice vase and somebody breaks yeah. it in little pieces. And years later, they say, yeah, that piece is from the vase, right. you know? And, uh, but that's what I used to run into. Now, I, I find it interesting, but, um, Sure, that's great. Yeah. You were the original person, you know. Uh, Speaking of annoying people, uh, <laughs> what's the deal with uh, this character that I see popping up around town on occasion doing shows? 
Um, the golden guy. Oh, you mean the winners write the history and the losers write the songs? Yeah. So personal pain with golden guy. Yeah. So these these uh, these shows pop up once in a while, and I've seen him once. And um, I know that you guys have some sort of uh, disagreement and well, if I told you hatred. about that, I'd have to kill you because it's very <laughs> embarrassing and and. And I just, you know, when I start thinking about it, I think, yeah. stop thinking about it. You're going to be in a right. bad mood the rest of the day. Because this guy, you're right, he's a very annoying guy. Yeah. But here's the problem with this guy. Is he sold like 50,000 records on Little Chicken Records back in uh, Roots Country Day, you know? And right, Paycheck right. and Jones and all those guys. I think it was back when Paycheck was playing bass for George Jones. And... um Somehow this guy got into that element of selling vinyl and he sold a bunch of it. Right. And he knows all about the Roots Country stuff. He's digging always, he, he, his shows are always occasionally, and I'm not going to tell you why I have to be there because I'm not real happy about that. But uh, as He's long as the guy, wealthy. if he, who knows? Yeah. They said Rags was wealthy. Remember Rags right. around yeah, town yeah, yeah, here? Yeah. And they found out that he was just, you know, yeah, a guy. just a guy. I think that Golden Guy is probably just a guy. I really do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as long as usually, if I have to shake hands with him, he stay 100 feet away from me at all times, I can get along with Golden Guy. Right. I can't, you know. Um, but who is knows? Is he still drinking up on stage? I don't know. Uh, but he fell down the stairs over there at Trolley Stop back in March and... Um, I don't think they like that, yeah, because you know, he made too much noise or something like that. I don't know. He just—you never know what he's gonna say. And I, like I said, I shouldn't have to talk this much about him. I really shouldn't. Well, I understand, and and I'm sorry I brought it up. I mean, this is the first time I've had the opportunity to interview you. He loves you. So, <laughs> so all he does is talk about Todd, man. Mm, right. Well, I, I I saw him once, met him once, shot some video of him, and uh, and then I never heard anything back. Never got paid for it. Never, never got any credit. Nothing. He owes me a bunch of money, Todd. A bunch. Well, uh, this guy. Yeah. He he knows how to get out there and and work you, and then all of a sudden you're saying, "What in the heck happened here? Who right. hit me?" Is that guy with a cowboy hat that has a really bad accent? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, Jay Todd, I really uh, appreciate you coming in, and this is a big thrill for me because um, I, you know, I follow you on Facebook. I love your posts. I love your work, um, and I'm. I think it's great that you're from here and you stay here. I still, I still live here, and yeah. I appreciate all those comments. Those are all very nice. Yeah. And uh, like I said, you know, it's nice to do something, and people still remember it. You know, anytime somebody comes up, and makes a comment about one of, the, I was just an artist on these movies. I didn't yeah. have much to do with, you know, uh, a lot of it. I just drew them. But whenever somebody says that's my favorite thing, sure. and it, honestly, I'm a real little slow. Everybody uses this uh, Lebowski dialect. Um, it's all in code, and I'm not quick enough to keep up right. with it. You know, I I was I, I had to you. ask what the ringer was the other day. That's kind of embarrassing. Since oh no, you know, <laughs> but you know, I I, w I just want to say in closing that um, you know don't undersell yourself because I would imagine that when you are working with the Coen Brothers or whoever director you might be working with, when you when you encounter some of those problems that you were talking about the as visual an artist, problems, the visual yes. problems that you can solve those, you know, or you can lead them in the right direction, which then of course ends up on the big screen. So, you know, it's not, you just kind of said, well, I'm just the artist I'm doing. No, but I, I think you are impacting what we see so much, you know, well, I hope that's, 
I hope it's that works. You know, it's yeah, like I've, it, it does. I've always said when I sit down with Joel and Ethan, it's my job to give them exactly what's in their brain and put it on a piece of paper, right. you know? Yeah. And so that everybody, you know, on the Coen Brothers sets, they're unlike anything that I've ever worked on, still to this day. They're incredibly quiet. They're organized. Um, people know exactly what to do because they got the storyboards hanging around their neck. Yeah. The brothers don't have to yell or talk very loudly because everybody knows what's going on. And when they deal with the actors, they've already dealt with the actors. The actors could see yeah. what the movie's sort of supposed to look like. And that's not, by all means, it's not a rule. You'll see stuff that, that resembles what we got in this book, but the process is getting it into the visual element. Right. Because like I tell people, and I'm not trying to be insultive or rude, but I tell people I'm not really interested in drawing non-exposition movies where people sit around and talk about it, you know? Right. I'm more interested in trying to visualize something so that you can see something through pictures. Like, yeah. you know, it comes through because the guy is at, you know, for instance, I'll get, just give you a little filmically perfect kind of thing. Um, Strangers on a Train. Watch that movie. It's Hitchcock, about 1941, right. 45, somewhere around there. But anyway, um, Bruno drops his cigarette lighter down in the sewer. Right. And then from that moment on, that movie's all about the cigarette lighter, you know, because his hand is trying to get it. And they do through cutting that he finally gets it. Yeah. Um, my That's my job is to turn Bruno into a cigarette lighter, you know. I through, gotcha. And because you, you, you have a lot going on when you go into these processes. And if you don't write them down, my notes are always visual. And, oh, yeah, we were going to do that. We were going to do this. We're going to do that. And that's the beauty of a good storyboard is you trap just about as much visual information as you can before you turn it over to Todd or somebody right. who's got to act, you know? Right, um, right. And that's the whole idea. That's the whole process the way we have done it since Raising yeah. Arizona. Well, I think the what you just said about being very organized, I, I, I've only been on, well, I've never been on a, a Hollywood film set, but I've been on production sets when we've been doing TV or video or something locally, and it can be a little chaotic <laughs> but having it all organized and having a direction to go i think obviously makes it easier it's Not a easy, little it's a little but rigid but i'll tell you most people don't realize they can be as easy as we do it mm -hmm. it's like you know um people that are really good at something they make it look easy right um but it's a very slow and incremental process for us to get up to our momentum speed which is the full storyboard. When that storyboard drops down on everybody's desk, which is usually a week or two weeks before we shoot, you cannot hear anything in those hallways because they're all going through there. And then they end up asking me a lot of questions because you know I kind of know some of these things because I drew the picture. But because of the organization that, that the brothers put into their work, um, they are able to shoot things faster and easier with hardly any distractions, right. you know? Yeah. They're able to focus like nobody's business. Right, you know? right. Well, Jay Todd, I really appreciate you uh, coming in and uh, telling us about this book, talking about the Big Lebowski and your career and just all the amazing things that you've uh, accomplished. And this really is, of course... The holidays are here, and this would make a great Christmas gift. The if you got the a big, big stocking, man, oh, you could put it in there. But this is this is beautiful. It's just a beautiful. Thank you very book. much. I very really appreciate those book. comments, and it is a thrill to be on your show. Well, I appreciate that because, um, you know, I still live here. Yeah, it's far more interesting to do things here than it is in 
bigger cities, although, you know, there, we do a lot of stuff in bigger cities, but, you know, this is a really great city to yeah. live in. Um, I agree. There's That's more history packed in this little city than anybody could ever realize, you yeah. know? Um, uh, there's there's just so much of it here. It's what makes Dayton a little bit more interesting than Cincinnati or Cleveland well, or Columbus. You know? I, I'm glad you mentioned that. And, the, and you know, this interview is about you, but if I, let me just say this about myself. And I've lived here all my life as well. And the thing that I love about doing a show here is that all of that rich history is part of my history. And I... You know, I, I love it so much, and I'm I'm aware of it. I, I, I talked about, or look, you know, years past, maybe moving on and, you know, jumping on that radio caravan that people do, and I never did. I just stayed right here, and it's, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I did that. Well, there's you know? a lot of, of people who have made that decision and done it very well. Cheryl McHenry, um, they're all absolute professionals. Right. Um, and there's just not too many cities you can live in where it's in the water, literally here. Yeah. I mean, like for instance, an example, you know, and I'll just leave you with this. Um, if the Wright brothers, Wilbur and Orville, not Frank mm -hmm. and Lloyd, if, yeah. <laughs> if, if they were taken from this earth in like August of 1905, you know, right after they had figured everything out now. Yeah. And they, when they put their machine, I think they put it, their machine in the shed in like December of 05 or something. I don't know, somewhere around there. But if they were taken from this earth at that point, then there is a good chance that people would be flying in straight lines to this day. Maybe 500, yeah. maybe 1,000, maybe 10,000 feet. Dirigibles were still around. Right. That's an argument, and I'm open to anybody who can challenge me on that. But, and you know, if you go down to Caroline Park, Orville's fingerprints are still all over that 05 flyer, which yep. is the most historical airplane in the world Yeah, because of what I'm saying. If the brothers disappeared, then there was a good chance that flying would probably be around, but they'd be flying in straight lines. It's very different indeed. Very different. And it's because yeah. of this area. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that this is, this is why it happens. You well, know? I, I, I did a documentary uh, on the Wright brothers back in 2003 for the centennial of flight. And we interviewed uh, a guy by the name of Tom Crouch, who is yes, the, he's the one of the world foremost right, at the uh, aerospace museum, you know, and, and the Bishop's um, boys, Bishop's boys. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, you know, and he's asked the question quite often and he talks about it in the documentary. It's like, um, the Wright brothers had to be from someplace like Dayton, Ohio to invent flight. Could they have done it without Kitty Hawk? Maybe, you know, but they had to be from someplace like Dayton for, uh, the manufacturing, the knowledge, everything that was happening in that time. It had to be someplace like Dayton, Ohio. You know, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind that they did it first in the Carolinas. Um, but it all came from here. Right. It all came from here. We don't process stuff here. We create it. And, and mm -hmm. I can tell you that 80 to 85%, maybe 90, because I, I haven't really strayed far from home for much. Almost all those movies you see by the Coen brothers, I was jetting out of Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. And yeah. I stayed in places for long periods of times. But I always kept a place here in Dayton, Ohio. Right. After college, I kept a small apartment. And um, all those movies that you see from the Coen brothers have... a my hand in it from yeah. Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. And there is something to that, I might add. And I'm not really interested in people saying, you know, you're stuck in prison here in Dayton. No, you're going to gain multitudes yeah. of everything by this town because look at the record. 
man. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, so that's what I can tell you is almost all the Coen Brother movies, uh, J. Todd Anderson has drawn, except for the very first one they did, which I did not do, uh, Blood Simple, have a have a little bit of roots to Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're still here in Dayton. Thank you, sir. And thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you very much, Todd.